Well, welcome everybody to God Squad Church. My name is Boz. I'm the community care pastor here at God Squad Church, and I have the privilege today of bringing you the message that I have entitled, Are You Listening? Are you listening? Are you really listening to what God is saying to you? And we're going to be speaking about a few things today. We're going to be talking about the fact that we are responsible with the light that he has given to us. And also after that, after we're responsible to the light that he has given to us, we are also accountable to how we listen to God as well. But first, before we dive into all all of those things, put a five in chat if you've ever been excited about a game. A a game that is coming out, you know, you've pre-ordered it, you did all those things, right? Have you ever been excited about a game that is coming out? You see the release date. And then you see that it gets pushed back a little bit. And then you get like a release year. And then it gets pushed back another year. And then you get a release window. And then it gets pushed back a little bit. But then finally you get that release date and you know that this is it. You know that this is the date that it's going to come out on. You've been waiting years for this game. And you cannot wait for it to come out. And as it gets closer, people start taking days off of work. Some people, I I was not one of these kids because my parents would never allow me to take off a day of school for a video game. They they literally didn't allow me to take days off school unless I was like ill, okay? But the fact of the matter is, is some people, and I do know people, that their parents actually allowed them to take days off of school because a game that they were excited about was coming out. They set money aside to be able to pre-order the game, or maybe they started saving up because they knew that it was getting closer, and so people start saving up their money. They start saving up their allowance. They put a little bit away here and there because they know that this game is going to come out, and they are super, super excited about it. And then they watch the trailers for the game just to get a little bit of an idea, just a little bit of an idea of what this game might actually give to them, what this game might allow them to do when they finally dive into it. And then finally, the big day comes. You go out to your local GameStop, your local Walmart, Target, Best Buy, wherever it might be. Maybe you pre-ordered it on Amazon so that it's on your doorstep. Maybe you slept in a little bit because you had the day off and you didn't want to get up at 12.01 in the the morning to be able to go to GameStop and pick it up at midnight because you know you're probably going to fall asleep right after that. Anyways, the big day comes. And you're about to finally dive into the game. And the developer, they make a ton of money on that day or that week, the first week that it comes out. They sell hundreds of thousands, if not millions of copies within the first week. But the reason why those things happen is because people knew that the game was actually coming out. They actually knew something was happening. Now, imagine this. Imagine living in a world where you didn't know that a game was coming out. Let's take Tears of the Kingdom, for example. This game came out just yesterday. It was released yesterday to the public. But imagine if Tears of the Kingdom didn't have a release date. better, Better yet, let's just say they never told anyone about it. It was so secret that nobody even knew what the title of the game was going to be. And if we even take it a little bit further, that didn't that people didn't even know that the game was in development. They didn't know that there was another Legend of Zelda game that was coming out. 
At this point, people would start freaking out, and I think that people would be like, oh, is The Legend of Zelda dead? Is it over? They're never coming out with another game ever again because they didn't tell anybody about it. They didn't even say that it was in development. Could you imagine if they had done something like that? They just developed the game. They sat on it. You could say that they put it under a basket or put it under their bed, but then one day... They just drop it into the store to sell it. No one would buy this game. First of all, nobody would even know that it's a thing, right? It, it just all of a sudden just shows up on the shelf, and they're like, "Oh, there's a there's a Tears of the Kingdom. What what is this? You know, it, there were no trailers for it. They didn't say anything about it. This is this is a sequel to Breath of the Wild. Wait, wait. I remember Breath of the Wild. I remember playing that game. But why wouldn't they say anything about this game? Sounds a little bit weird, right? No one would be prepared for what was coming of something that could potentially be a great game. And you might be saying to yourself right now, well, that's a little bit silly, Boz. Why would any developer do something like that? If they have a great game, if they know it's got a good story, if they know it's going to be, if they've been developing it for years, why wouldn't they say anything about it to the public? It seems a little bit odd that if they have something so great, a gold mine, that they wouldn't tell anybody about it. So that when the day it releases, people can actually have access to it. People can actually buy the game. People can prepare for it. But those of you that have accepted Jesus Christ already into your life, I think we need to ask ourselves the same question, to be completely honest. If you have something so great, you have the keys to eternal life, and you know it. Why wouldn't you share that light with others? And so my question for you today, my first question for you today is, where is your light? Where is your light? Just as the developer of games are responsible for sharing with the public what they have created so that people know about it, I believe that we are responsible with hold, be, having, having the keys and understanding what the gospel of Jesus Christ is, with understanding who he is and having that light inside of us. We are responsible to give that light to other people as well, to shine it to other people, to share that light with other people. And the light that I'm talking about, like I said before, it's the gospel. It's the gospel of Jesus, the truth about him, the truth that he is our savior, the truth that he died on the cross, the truth that he rose from the dead. If, you, if you've accepted the gospel as truth, if you've accepted it as truth in your life, you have that responsibility to share it with others. It's kind of like if you know that there's a fire inside of a building, right? There, there's a raging fire inside, inside of a building. You have the responsibility to alarm other people that might not know that there's a fire so that they can get out of the building. If you, if you know that somebody in your family is sick with a cold, you're responsible for notifying others and staying away from other people because you might be sick as well so that other people won't get sick. If you find a cure for what was thought to be an, an incurable disease— you have the moral responsibility to go and share that cure with the world so that more people won't get this disease, so that more people won't, will, can be healed of this what was an incurable disease. And if you have the truth to eternal life, if you know who Jesus Christ is and you have those keys to eternal life, 
you have the responsibility to share that with other people as well so that they might have eternal life. So that they have the chance to listen. So that they have the chance to reach out to Jesus Christ and grasp onto him. And I believe that the Bible has something to say about this. Luke chapter 8, verses 16 through 17. We've been going through uh, a series in Luke. And so we're landing now in chapter 8, verses 16 through 17. And it says this. No one, this is Jesus speaking, by the way. No one after lighting a lamp covers it with a basket or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a lampstand so that those who come in may see its light. For nothing is concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known and brought to light. Jesus uses a pretty easy example here. You see, Pastor, uh, Pastor Dale he was speaking last week and he talked about a, a, a parable that Jesus used. And Jesus uses a lot of parables in the Bible, okay? And these parables generally have some sort of moral to them and sometimes they can be hard to understand and so he'll go to the disciples and he'll say this is what it actually meant or the disciples and other people might question hey what was this that you were talking about it's a little bit difficult to understand and jesus would tell them exactly what it was that he was talking about but he uses a pretty easy example here that most people can understand if you light a lamp what do you do with the light that it produces well, he says no one is going to take this lamp and they're not going to put it on they're not going to cover up the light. You know, in today's modern day, it would be like if you lit a lit uh, you know, you flicked the switch for a light and you went and took out the light bulb and you just put it and sat it next to the light. That light's not going to do anything at all at that point if you take out the light bulb. That doesn't make any sense. And so what he says is you don't light a lamp and then put a basket on top of it. You don't light a lamp and then put it somewhere where it's going to be dark, like under a bed, so it's only going to produce light in those very small areas. No, what do you do? You put it in a place on a lampstand where it's going to be able to shine light throughout a good majority of the house so that when people walk in, they can see. They won't stumble over things. No, they're sharing the light with the room. It produces that light so that other people can know what they're walking into. And then he says, what has been given to you must be made known. And he says, it cannot be concealed or covered up. I believe that there are two things we really need to focus on to spread the light, to spread the light of Jesus Christ, to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. First, to spread the word itself. That's the very first thing. And I know that's kind of like a bare bones thing, but I do believe that as Christians, that we have the responsibility to tell other people about Jesus Christ. I think that there's very few people that actually do this. I heard a statistic. Um, I, you guys may have heard this statistic before, but I heard a statistic uh, probably about six or seven years ago now. So the statistic may have gone up. It could have gone down, give or take a little bit. But they said this. They said only 2% of Christians... 2% of Christians will actually lead somebody to Jesus Christ. Now, obviously, it's not us that's doing the work. It's not, it's not us that's doing the work in somebody's heart, but only 2% of Christians will lead somebody to Jesus Christ. That means 98% of Christians, 98% of people that have the gospel of Jesus Christ inside of them, 98% of the people that have this light to be able to share it with others, are not going to do that. 
98%. That's a very large number. And so, like I said, I know this is like a bare bones point here. Spread the word itself. But I think we need to be more intentional about sharing the word of God with others. Creating relationships with people so that those types of conversations will actually happen. Because I, I, I think I, I think it's that's that's one of the biggest things is creating relationships with people. I'm not asking you to go outside with a bullhorn and start yelling to everybody about Jesus Christ. Okay, that's not going to necessarily do the work that you're trying. You're not going to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish here, more than likely. Okay, creating relationships with other people so that those conversations will happen. I think that's important. But then the second thing would be bring other people to a place where they were where they were they will hear the gospel. Now, here's the thing though. A lot of people think that one of these things or the other that this is specific for them, okay? I'm going to be the person that shares the word of God or I'm going to be the person that brings other people to hear the word of God because a lot of people think well only pastors need to be the people that sharing the gospel. Only the leaders of the church or only these people, only the leaders of the small groups and the XP groups that we have, they're the ones that are sharing the gospel. I'll just bring other people to share the gospel. But I don't think that's the case. I don't think it's just doing one thing or the other. I think that we need to be doing both things. Sharing, being intentional about sharing the word of God. I'm not just saying acting nice to people. I'm actually talking about sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with other people that are around you, your family, your friends, people in your job, people at your school, people that surround you, your neighbors, wherever it might be, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with people around you on a daily basis basis and also bringing those people to a place, inviting them to church, inviting them into your small group, inviting them to something where they might hear the gospel so that they can have the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as well. Now we get to a point in the passage where Jesus kind of changes the subject a little bit. It's still around the same thing, but he basically says, now that you understand what you're supposed to do, now that you understand that you need to be sharing the gospel of me to other people, now that you understand that you have the light and you need to be sharing that with other people, he says, we're going to move on to something just a little bit different. And he's going to talk about true listening, true listening. Put a five in chat if you ever heard of the of the term active listening. Okay, I put quotes on it, not because it's sarcastic, but because active listening is actually a real thing in real life, okay? And it's a very useful skill to have. I'm going to say it, and I'll say it again. It is a very, very useful skill to have in any relationship. I don't care if you're friends with somebody or if it's your spouse. Active listening is so important in any relationship it really is but guys listen if you have a spouse you know what active listening is okay because the guys out there okay if you have a wife you 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 know that when your wife comes out and she's talking about nail polish okay she she shines her nails in front of you you know what i mean or or she's giving off those hints do you notice anything different her nails are right there, and you're like, yeah, it looks like you got some hair trimmed because you know exactly what she's talking about. Okay, this has happened to me before, okay? You got to look at the details sometimes. Notice the details about your wife, okay? And then you might be thinking to yourself, okay, 
yeah, your, your nails, they look great. They're clear. You put on a clear nail polish. It's, it's not clear. They say it's, it's not clear. It's natural. Or it's, it's, it's a shade of nude. Or it, it's, it's, there's a tint or there's a shimmer, some sort of glitter that's on it. Or other some, some sort of shade of whatever it might be. Well, it's a, to me, it's your actual nail color. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay, that happens sometimes. I'm not always leaning in uh, in on those conversations. I'm not always active listening. I'm, I I probably should be okay, but when I'm talking about nail polish, I don't. I'm not always there. <laughs> okay, I'll be completely honest. But but wives, when your husband is talking about how they went up into the mountains yesterday. And they, they wrestled a bear with their bare hands. They punched it in the face. And then while they were wrestling the bear with their bare hands, a mountain lion came up behind them. They kicked the mountain lion in the teeth and it fell off the mountain. When really, what was your husband doing? He was eating Cheez-Its while he was playing Skyrim for a few hours that same day, okay? You might not always be truly listening to your husband during those times. You're not actively listening. You might not understand what in the world he's talking about, okay? It's like when I talk about football to my wife. She listens, okay? She hears me. But there's times that after I'm done with my five-minute rant about whatever it is, she will look at me and she'll literally say the words, honey, I, I heard you, but I have to be completely honest. I was not listening at all, <laughs> And that's okay. And now I'm not, you know, this is called passive listening. Okay. This is called passive listening. I'm not going to go going to go into marriage counseling or any of that right now, but I do believe that the Bible says something about passively listening to the word of God. Luke chapter eight, verse 18 says this, therefore take care how you listen for whoever has more will be given to him. And whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has, will be taken away from him. It's good to hear God's word, but it's very dangerous. It's very dangerous to just hear God's word. I'll read for you something else. It comes from Luke chapter 6, verse 49. It says this, but the one who hears and does not act... The one who hears and does not act is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The river crashed against it, and immediately it collapsed, and the destruction of the house was great. I think it's true that when we don't act on what we hear, this can be very dangerous to us. Like it says here, you don't have a foundation, and the destruction of the house was great. We are told that those who have, those who listen, those who actively listen to the word of God, those who have the word of God on their hearts, they receive it with gladness that more will be given to them. Okay. More will be given to them. If you want a closer relationship with God, read the Bible. If you want to have more peace in your life, I would tell you to read the Bible. If you want more guidance in your life, read the Bible. If you want more knowledge about God, read the Bible. If you want more wisdom in your life, read the Bible. If you want more discernment in your life, read the Bible. And if you want to hear more from God, I would say read your Bible. Don't just read the words on the page. 
really listen to it. Read it, hear it, be doers of the word, and receive it with gladness. Receive it with gladness in your heart. There are people out there who believe that they have something, though. There's people out there that they believe have something and to themselves and to other people. They, they seem to have something, but that's all it is, is that they seem to have something. You see, the Pharisees were like this. They thought they had something. They thought they were the closest people to God. They thought that they had the key to heaven because they were the chosen people. They're a part of the Israelites, the Old Testament, talking about the Israelites. These are the people. I was born as a child of Abraham, which means means I have a free ticket to God. And so on the outside, the Pharisees, they looked really clean. You know, they, they looked like they were doing all the right things. They were singing to God. They were praising him. They were fasting. They were praying. They were doing all the right things. But their hearts were so far from God and they didn't recognize it. They didn't recognize it. They just seemed to have something. They thought they had a highway to heaven essentially. But after the crucifixion of Jesus, the understanding of this by the people, they had understood that this this so-called being chosen people of God and just being clean on the outside and what that looked like. Well, that thought, that they would be able to get into heaven just because of what they were doing and not understanding who Jesus was and not listening to him, not hearing him. That was taken away from them. They thought they had something, but they actually didn't. They may have heard Jesus. They were always listening to Jesus, okay? The Pharisees were always there. Whenever Jesus starts talking, he's about to start talking to somebody. He's about to start teaching. They're in the windows. They're creeping in somewhere. They got the VIP pass, okay? They're walking in. They're going to walk in, and they're going to start disputing. They're going to start asking him questions. They're going to try and catch him in a lie. They're going to try and catch him off guard in some way, shape, or form. The Pharisees were always there. They heard him, but they didn't listen to him. They didn't obey what he was saying. They didn't respond to what Jesus was saying to them. Someone said this, whoever hears God's word, but does not receive it, respond to it and obey it is simply deceiving himself. Let me read that one more time. This is kind of a harsh statement, but let me read that one more time. Whoever hears the word of God, but does not receive it, respond to and obey it is simply deceiving himself. Are you just hearing or reading the words in the Bible? Are you just hearing the words that I'm saying right now? Are you just hearing when you go to your XP group? Are you When you open up your Bible and you read it, are you just reading words on a page? Or are you truly listening to it? Are you truly taking it in so that you can respond to it? So you can obey what God is saying to you. And this brings me to my last point, your relationship with Jesus. You see, Jesus has a great example that he's about to use here. As he's teaching these things, Jesus, listen, I always admired these people. I wasn't always this type of guy, okay? And I I don't think I still am at this point. 
I always admired the people that when they're talking about a point or they're trying to make a point about something, they can use an example, but it's a real life example that's surrounding them in the moment. Okay. You got that guy. He's talking about something. I don't know what it, what it could be. You see, you see that chair over there. It's like that broken chair over there that's sitting in the corner. Nobody's using it. It's absolute. And they have an example for literally everything that they're talking about. I always admired that. And Jesus, he's that type of guy. Okay. Whenever he's teaching, he's teaching the disciples, he's teaching the people, he's always got an example on hand that he's going to be be able to use that's a real life example. And so we hit Luke chapter 8, verses 19 through 21. And it says this, Then his mother and brothers came to him, but they could not meet with him because of the crowd. The crowd was so large, they couldn't meet with him. He was told, your mother and your brothers are standing outside wanting to see you. But he replied to them, my mother and my brothers are those who hear and do the word of God. We know, we, you know, we, we know from previous verses that even Jesus' brothers did not believe in him, or at least for a time they didn't believe in him, right? Because we know this from John chapter 7, verse 5, that some of the people in his family didn't believe that he was the son of God. They didn't, even his own flesh and blood didn't believe it. But what is Jesus really getting at here? You would think that those people that are blood-related to Jesus, those people that are of his own flesh and blood, that they would have some sort of VIP access. You know, those people that get to go backstage, that after he's done teaching, they get to go and ask him, what did you mean about this? What, what, what did the, can I get you a drink? You look like you're a little bit tired. Let's get, let's get you some rest. They didn't have this VIP access where they could have the insides of everything that Jesus was thinking about, the ins and outs of everything, just because they were his family. In fact, they didn't get that at all. They didn't get the privileges or the access that you would think a family would get. Jesus preferred those people that were hearing him, but also being doers of the word over people that were a part of his physical family. He called people that heard the word and did the word of God, that those were the people that were in his family. Those were the people that were in his family that were important because they were doing the word of God while they were hearing it as well. And I want to say this, you draw close to Jesus, not just being by hearers of the word, but by being doers of the word. Those are the people that have that special access that I was talking about. That's how you draw close to Jesus. And so I want you to ask yourself today, how is your relationship with Jesus? Today, on this very day, how is your relationship with Jesus? Are you drawing closer to him on a daily basis? Or is your relationship with him just lukewarm? There's so much more that I could say about a lukewarm relationship and, and what that can cause in your life and how dangerous that is. Are you drawing closer to Jesus Christ on a daily basis? David Guzik said this, One may pray or sing or fast all day long, but if they do not hear his word and do it, they are not really drawing closer to God. Let me read that one more time. One may pray or sing or fast all day long. That's the Pharisees, right? They're, they're praying, they're singing, they're fasting all day long. They're getting, they're getting praise from the people. 
when they should be wanting praise from God, but they're getting praise from the people, which is what they wanted. That's what they longed for. But if they do not hear his word and do it, they are not really drawing close to God. I have a couple of challenges you for today. And I want you to truly think about these things because some of you may think you're doing really well in this area, and maybe you are. There are people that I believe are doing fairly well in these both of these areas, but I think that there's people that might be missing the target as well. They might be missing the point. My challenge for you today is not to cover up the light that you have. You see, Jesus, like I said before, he died on the cross not just for you. He died for those people that are around you, your friends, your family, your neighbors, the people at Walmart, the people down the street. He died for each and every single person on this world, and we need to be intentional about sharing that light that we have, that we have taken in. We need to be intentional about sharing that light with other people. But also, when you read God's word or when you hear somebody who's preaching, you're listening to it, you're at your small group, you're, you're in fellowship with other people who have, good, who have good teaching, okay? Really listen to it. Are you listening? Don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word as well. Recognize it, respond to it, and obey it. Read the word of God on a daily basis and take it in and respond to it. This will help you draw closer to Jesus. Some of you may not be there yet, though. You haven't accepted Jesus as your as your Lord and Savior. You aren't in, you're not in that family because you haven't reached out to him yet. You haven't grabbed hold of him yet. But here's the thing. Jesus is the only one that can give you the fulfillment that you're looking for. Okay. Like I said before, Jesus Christ died on a cross for you. He died on a cross so that the baggage that you're carrying, so that the sins that you're carrying, that you can lay them at the foot of the cross because of the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So that when you reach out to him, not only does Jesus have victory over the grave, but you have victory over the grave as well. That you can live for eternity with him. That's what, that's what the gospel is. It's about the fact that Jesus came and lived the perfect and pure life and that he died on a cross for you and rose from the dead. And all you need to do is reach out to him and accept him as your Lord and Savior. That is how you begin your relationship with Jesus. That is the start of a brand new journey that I can tell you leads to fulfillment. It leads to joy. It leads to life. It leads to so many things. I'm not saying that life is easy. And in many cases, and in probably I'd say actually 100% of cases, people that follow the true Christian life, listen, it gets, it, it gets hard, okay? It gets a lot harder. But I truly believe that it's the only way that you can have fulfillment in your life. And so I want to let you know that if you've never accepted Jesus Christ, right, you've never accepted him in your life and you want to do that right now, or maybe you want to rededicate your life, hey, listen, the arms of Jesus is wide open. All you need to do is accept him. All you need to do is reach out and latch out onto him and accept him as your Lord and Savior. Surrender your life to him. Let him have control. And I can tell you, 
from experience myself for my entire, I, I, for most of my life, I have been a Christian. There is no other way that you will find fulfillment in your life. There's no other way that you will find fulfillment. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, I thank you. I thank you that you have allowed us to have the opportunity to be with you one day. There is nothing that I've done in my life. There's no righteousness that's inside of me. There's no good work that I've done that allows me to be able to have that. It's the fact that you came down to this earth and died for me. You paid the debt that I was supposed to pay, and I thank you so much that you did that for me, Lord, that you did that for all of us. I want to pray right now that as we go forth into the world, that we would share that light with other people, that we would bring other people to church, that we'd bring them into places, that we would invite other people so that they might be able to hear the word of God. And I pray that you would speak to us and that we would truly listen to it, that we would actively listen to what you're trying to tell us, Lord. I thank you once again, Father, for everything that you've given to us. Let us respond to you and grow in a deeper relationship with you. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Guys, what an incredible sermon from Pastor Boz today. If that touched you, um, challenged you, I hope it challenged every single person here, um, no matter you know where you stand in the sermon. Man, he said something that really stood out to me is that Jesus didn't just die for you on the cross. And him saying that, I was like, wow, that's such an eye-opening way to put it, is that yes, Jesus went and died on the cross for you, but he also died on the cross so that whoever would believe in him could also be saved. That includes the people that are, that are around you, in your families, in your workplace, in your school place. They need Jesus too. And like such a good challenge that I think so many of us just need to continually be reminded of. We need to be reminded that it's not up to Pastor Amanda. It's not up to Pastor Boz. It's not just up to Pastor Daylight. It's not just up to our digital missionaries to share about the love of Jesus. It's up to each and every one of us. Each and every one of us were called and commanded to do so, to go into all of the world and make disciples. And so be encouraged and be challenged because, man, that's a good, if you've got a light, don't you put it under a bush. Don't you put her under a bowl. You better let that light shine for the whole world to see. Can I get an amen? Gosh, such a good, good sermon. Um, what a good challenge. And I encourage you guys, like, think about ways that, you can have relationships with the people around you and uh, be intentional about those relationships. Be intentional uh, about sharing um, the love of Jesus um, with the people that God has placed in your life. Because I'm going to tell you, the people that are in your life and in your path are not going to be the same people that are in mine or in Pastor Boz, 
Um, we all have different people that we each can reach individually. We have to work together. Don't just let it be the 2%. Let's change that. Let's, let's switch those numbers, okay? Let's see those numbers switch from 98% of people to 2%. Um, let's, let's switch them around a little bit. But guys, um, truly, truly, truly are so glad to have you here. Um, if you are new here, maybe you popped in later on during the service or, um, you know, maybe after that sermon, you are just really wanting to um, give your heart to Jesus, start this journey with him. I encourage you to put exclamation point connect in the chat. Um, this is a simple form that will help us come alongside you and walk with you in this new journey. You can, or um, maybe if you are a Christian and you're wanting to get maybe more plugged into God Squad Church, or maybe you're interested in being water baptized, which is one of your next steps if you are a new believer, or maybe you're interested about our new XP path, which is a way for you to take your commitment to God Squad Church to the next level, a way to partner with us. Um, all of that you can um, gain access to by starting with filling out this connect form. You can fill this out with as much information as you feel comfortable. Uh, we just want to connect with you and to serve you, to pray with you in whatever ways that we can. And so that is our connect form. And guys, I do want to share. I know my <laughs> my animals are in the room with me um, back and forth. You'll see Simba, our orange cat, and Luna is right here. She's our Great Dane. Um, they're joining us for service today. <laughs> um, but um, all of this is made possible because of your generosity and your giving. We're able to be here on Twitch and in Discord uh, to reach more gamers for Jesus, to spread our light, right? The light that we have with others around the world um, so that they too can know that Jesus loves them um, and died for them so that they could be saved. And so all of this is made possible because of your giving and your generosity. And so I would um, encourage you that if God Squad Church has been a church that has um, impacted your life, um, or like maybe if you would just like to come alongside of us and partner with us so that you can um, help us continue in the mission that we have here is to be here on Twitch to reach gamers for Jesus. If you'd like to partner with us in that way, um, we would truly appreciate you considering and praying about giving uh, to God Squad Church financially so that we can continue to do what we do here. Uh, giving is incredibly important as believers of Christ. It's an act of worship that we do um, just to worship God with our finances. Worship isn't just about the songs that we sing. You know, it's, it's our entire lifestyle. It's um, every part of our lives is meant to be an act of worship to God, including what we do with our finances. And it's important for us to partner with God so that we can continue um, to support, you know, churches and ministries and whatever who are, you know, working to share the love of Jesus with people um, around the world. And so um, I encourage you and challenge you today to trust God with your finances. There are multiple safe and secure ways for you to give, whether it's one amount, uh, one time amount, 
um, or a recurring, you can type exclamation point give in chat, which somebody already did. Um, you can click the link, click that link in chat or the panel below the stream to give through PayPal. Um, you can give through our website at godsquadchurch.com slash give. Or if you reside in the United States, you can text any amount to the number 84321. That's a quick and easy way to set it up through text and pay. Um, and so we're so thankful for each and every one of you who do give because it's because of your faithfulness and generosity that we're able to continue to do exactly what we're doing.